Welcome to Our Jewish Roots. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the men of old received divine approval. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. Faith for the future, our journey with the patriarchs. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm David Hart. I'm Kirsten Hart. And I am Jeffrey Seif. And we are going on a journey with the patriarchs, yes? And it's all about faith for our future, correct? Yes, and faith for the future is a good subject, isn't it? We're excited your wife is going to join us in this series. We're excited about her joining us at this table. I'm excited to share her with the world. Yes. Good. And this is all the, the trifecta, if you will, of three generations, the, the patriarchs of the the Hebrew world, right? Yes, to go back and, and look at their steps, to follow in their footsteps. We're following Abraham uh, in a, a raw in Hebrew, which means cave. You know, he traveled and it's easy lodging, it's safe space, and we're going to go there. They traveled in tents and also caves. I believe you're going to teach from a cave in the series, correct? Yes, we're going to do that and other, other spaces as well. You know, you're on a journey, you just hunker down where you can. Let's go there now. It had been a long journey, starting in Ur. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son. And they followed the banks of the Euphrates River, migrating northwest past Babylon to Haran. And now heading south into Canaan, Abram stops in Bethel, where he builds an altar and calls upon the Lord. This might not look like much, but I got news for you. In Abram's day, this was a five-star hotel. In uh, the word Lech Lecha, go, go was the command, and Avram left Ur of Chaldee, and he traveled along the Fertile Crescent. Now, when my wife and I travel, we, well, Barry plans everything in advance, the hotels and the like, but uh, he was just told to go. They didn't prepare in advance that we know of, and they would just hunker down wherever they could. Uh, caves were popular in antiquity. Well, first of all, they were air-conditioned, you know, controlled climate. Uh, there's safety there, a little more security, protection from the elements. But, you know, you can uh, spend some time in a cave, but you got to get out there in the world, and Abraham did, and he went on a journey 
at a time when most people didn't travel far, he went hundreds of miles. And you know, to do that, there's something you really need to have. And you know what that is? Faith for the future. People talk about faith in the future like fate. Well, you know, it's all worked out in advance. I don't mean that. I mean faith for the future, because Abram was up against problems. We see it in the literature. Uh, right off the bat, in chapter 12, he's told to go. He picks up and he goes in verse 4 and verse 7. There's something important, especially if you find yourself in a precarious place in life when you're reasonably unprotected, like Abram would have been as he journeys out there beyond his kinship network beyond his security zone. He's out there in the world and you don't have resources. You can kind of feel vulnerable. We're told here in verse 7 that Adonai, or the Lord, appeared to him. See, you want the Lord to show up because you need that. I can imagine his heart needed to be fortified and there's nothing like a touch from heaven. I mean, he began the journey prompted by heaven, according to the literature, he felt that impulse. And faith is very much like that, and we're going to discuss that as we go deeper into this series. But we're told here the Lord appeared to him, and then we're told something else. Uh, the Lord said, he heard the voice. In the Jewish world, uh, uh, theologues speak of bat kol. Uh, it's, it's a feminine term. A bot is daughter, or the daughter of the voice, uh, the voice of prophecy, that, that gentle whisper. And as we make our journey through life, as we go from point A to B, we might find ourselves in predicaments on occasion, in less than desirable circumstances. This is the present scenario. This is where we're shooting for in the future. What does it take to get from A to B? I'll tell you what it takes. It takes a journey and it takes faith for the future. Faith in God for the future. We're told here that the Lord manifested himself to him and spoke to him and he responds to that. We're told as we look in verse 8 where he builds an altar to the Lord. Mizbeach. Now, this is before the tabernacle, by the way, where there's commands to build altars. We see this in the literature uh, where there's just something inside of people where they, they build altars before Leviticus rolls around and you have a priesthood, before Exodus comes around and you have a tabernacle. Before it's mandated, there's something where people want to offer to the divine. And you know, that is so very true. Uh, Yeshua, Jesus told the story of a number of people that were healed of leprosy and only one turned back and gave thanks. You know, an altar, Mizbeach, it's a way of saying thank you. This person was, was full of thankfulness and it's evidenced here. And isn't that what you want, by the way, as you journey through life? And I'm telling you, uh, the, the, the journey of life does come replete with uncertainties. But if you have a relationship with the Lord and you have a Bible as a compass and you have a Holy Spirit guide, you can get to the future and through the present. I hope you see some clues to how to do that here. But of course, our journey is going to continue as we look at faith for the future. Our offer on this program, Zola's Introduction to Hebrew. 
a step-by-step approach that will enable you to read, speak, and translate the Hebrew text while doing Bible study. This 409-page book will nurture you along a friendly course towards a unique intimacy with God's language, land, and people. Learn the language of the kingdom and gain a better understanding of the Lord Jesus, the Jewish Messiah. Call 1-800-WONDERS and ask for Zola's Introduction to Hebrew. Please consider joining us on a tour to Israel. I promise you it will change your life. It has changed our lives, Mm -hmm. and we encourage you to go. We go in the fall and the spring. All the information is right here on levitt.com. Eddie, you walk through the pages of your Bible. You see it right there, and you literally walk the steps where Jesus walked. Comes to life. It does. And I just have to add, it's actually really fun. We have a great time on tour, and I'm going to transition that fun word to Barry Seif is with us. You are house. Mrs. Dr. Jeffrey Seif, aren't Yes, you? not the policeman or anything <laughs> else. Yes, yes. Just so the real guy. Yes. yes. Now, tell us a little bit about your background. Both of you are Jewish. We know that. Yes. And where, where'd you grow up? Kansas City, born and raised, oldest of three brothers. Um, was raised in a Jewish home, both parents. Uh, but not really focused on prayer, but we were holiday Jews. Of course, we love Passover and Hanukkah, and of course, the high holy days, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Kansas City's Bible Belt, was it kind of hard being Jewish well, in Kansas City? Um, it was great growing up. I didn't come to faith till Dallas, Texas, and I moved here in 76. Came to faith in 1980. Wow. Met Jeff in 1981, 1982 uh, at a messianic. Did he look any different? No, he had a lot of hair (laughs) back then. (laughs) You're being quiet, but I had to bring that in. Sorry. sorry, She wasn't interested back then. I I mean, I had the hots for her on the quick, but she was. Well, I was pursuing an education. I felt as though I, I had been given this assignment to go for my master's, MBA from the Lord, and that was what I had eyes for, the direction for. What was so, your master's in? Business administration, okay. general So guess management. who manages the family budget? Yeah, <laughs> who should, right here, right? Yeah, yeah. And so uh, we met at a fellowship and spent a little bit of time together, but I wasn't interested in dating at all. And I share, you know, dates, figs, Middle Eastern fruit. <laughs> I just didn't have that within me. And then it was years later but he always supported women in ministry. That's one of his great gifts. And, and, and she's a woman with a ministry. Uh, we stopped at the master's degree. Mm-hmm. She has a PhD in biblical studies, wrote a book. A seminary professor said it was the best treatment <gasps> he'd ever seen. I didn't in, know in, that. In, in Romans chapter 10, verse 4, telos. Yeah, it was my dissertation. Okay. It got published. So uh, I made use of the time when I was single. I really did. I didn't lament for marriage, but I thought that marriage is a gift, singleness is a gift, and if I was ever to get married, I wouldn't to focus on that, but to focus on being single in the time that God gave me. And I feel like he helped me to do it right. I developed a ministry in Israel where we go on charity trips, not tours, but I highly recommend going on a Zola tour. How many times have you been? Over 36. Wow. Yeah, over three dozen. And hopefully we'll go soon this year. Yes. Good. As uh, you. 
our series is Faith for the Future. You had faith for your future, but you didn't know that this guy was part no, of that future, did you? Not at all, not at all. If you had told me at age even 61 that I'd be married the next year, I would have thought, you're crazy. But like Sarah, you know, she believed beyond the point of time and because she trusted him who had promised to be faithful. She, she thinks I'm the greatest husband in the world. She was never married before, so she's got nothing to compare <laughs> to. Lucky me. We're blessed. You are, and we're so thankful that you're with us for this whole series. And you uh, give us wisdom on Sarah's journey and, and the, the women that accompanied these uh, patriarchs of the faith. And we're so thankful that you've done that. And speaking of Sarah's journey, there is famine in the land and Sarai and Abraham, Abram, Abram walked into a time of much unknown, especially in Pharaoh's house. Let's go there now. Now there was famine in the land and Abram went down into Egypt. And Sarai did as Abram asked. Pharaoh took Sarai into his court and treated Abram well, giving him sheep, oxen, and many servants. But the Lord plagued Pharaoh, for Sarai was the wife of Abram. And Pharaoh sent Abram and Sarai away, and all that had been given to them. We see Sarai. She is silent. We know nothing about her experience here from her mouth. You know, she might be complicit, but she's in a strange place, in a strange country, away from her husband, and she finds herself in the palace of Pharaoh. It's probably quite difficult for her, and she has no idea when she's going to get out. Have you ever been in a situation where you have no idea how you got there, it was difficult, you don't know the end of the situation, but here you are, and it's a place of suffering, it's a place of waiting. Well, I've been there some years ago. I was living in the great city of Nashville, Tennessee, and I got transferred to Kansas City, a place where all my Jewish family was, and I was afraid to go there because of my faith in Yeshua. But in the midst of being transferred, I broke my foot at a worship conference, and I didn't just break it, I crushed it, dancing the hora. And when I arrived in Kansas City, I had to have two surgeries, and I found myself on the bed for almost five months, not five weeks, but five months with my foot above my heart because my foot would not heal. And there I was, and after a few pity parties with me, myself, and I. I just sensed that the Lord wanted me to learn Hebrew. I mean, what else are you gonna do when you're on your bed for all that length of time? And so I studied, and I thought, well, maybe I'll go get bat mitzvah at age 45, which was the conclusion of all this. But in the midst of this too, just focusing on the Lord, what did he have? What purpose was there in the midst of this? I didn't wanna waste 
one lesson that God had for me on my own bed of affliction. And at the end of this time, not only did I get bat mitzvahed, but I also became a published author of a devotional on the names of God. So God never wastes suffering. And we can trust Him when we're in the dark. Just like Sarah did, she got good results. And you will too. Our whole series is about faith for the future. And Barry, I've got to be honest, if Dave said, hey, this gal isn't my wife, Pharaoh, you take her. I don't know if I'd have a lot of faith in him and you. I love you. I don't know if you'd have a lot of faith in Jeff if they did that to us. I'm in your ballpark. I feel the same way. And it's amazing that Sarah never opened her mouth up once. We don't know anything. That, that wasn't happened. recorded. She had to have. Right. Oh, my goodness. Yes, it's amazing they were still married after that. Right, but she... she amazingly had faith that God would provide, and he did, didn't he? Yes, yes, the doors finally opened for her. And waiting is never easy. I remember waiting to get my braces off my teeth. <laughs> that was one of the first things. And for Sarai, it must have been brutal, and yet she endured. Her faith came through for her, whether it's doors, whether it's doctors, whether it's donations, it's God-directed. And in the end, Pharaoh came through for her and for Abram because he sent them with, with animals and goods and all kinds of things. So the financial reward came through her waiting. Mm -hmm. And as Pharaoh sent Abram and Sarai off with finances to continue their journey of faith, we are also thankful for all of you that send donations, faithful donations to us to make this ministry continue and that we still go out on the airwaves. We're very thankful for that. Yes, thank you for everything. We're going to journey now. We're going to leave Egypt in this drama and happily make our way back to Eretz Kena'an, the land of Canaan. And the Lord said unto Abram, Lift up thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art, northward, and southward, and eastward, and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. אדוני אמר, זרעי יהיה כעפר הארץ. חצה את הארץ, הוא אמר, והיא שלך. כולה. God promised Abraham land, not a cave. Here we are, but from here we go. This, in effect, was just a, a road stop on the highway of life for Abram as he got about pursuing his future. And it's great to see, to my way of thinking, the resolve that he has, the faith, and it's beautiful to see the Lord showing up. Uh, Abram, to tell you the truth, was upended, however, by his own base nature, it seems to me, shortly thereafter. 
you know, he finds himself in a predicament, in a pickle. He's concerned. And you heard my wife to speak about how he says to his wife, hey, look, tell them you're my sister. You know, you kind of are, technically. I mean, that's very unimpressive to me. You know, chivalry is dead. If I pawned off my wife because of concerns, I'm sure that she would be displeased. And I wouldn't do it, to tell you the truth. Now, here I am critical of Abram. He's not here to defend himself. But my only point in all of this is that I look at God's ways and promises are perfect, but he's working it through imperfect people. There's no perfection. I see the grace of God at work even in the Hebrew Bible. People think that all the grace is in the new book and legalism in the Jew book. But right here at the very beginning, when you see God engaging Abram, the Hebrew, the Hebrew, Right there and then you see a kind of graciousness. Well, we move on past Abram's little road bump, and finally we get uh, back into Eretz Kina'an. I want you to look in chapter 13 now, verse 15, where the promise is reiterated. I don't think Sarah held it against him. Maybe she did for a while. They might have needed some family counseling. Uh, God forgave him because of his faith and faithfulness, finally. He says in verse uh, 15 in chapter 13, he speaks to him again and says, For all the land that you're looking at, I will give to you and to your seed forever. I like that for a variety of reasons. One of which is the word seed, zara, in Hebrew, is my granddaughter's name. So, bingo, and I love her dearly. Um, but he says, I'll give it to you and your progeny. There's no point just giving it to him. He's 75 years old when he starts the journey. I mean, how much time does he have? You know, I'm 65, and I know the better part of my life has been lived. But I'm a lot of verve and energy. I'm going after it. For me, it ain't over till it's over. Uh, Abraham was an older fellow, but he kept that walk up and kept that shield of faith going. But still, it's not just a promise to him. It's for what will come after him, his seed. Now, keep in mind that Sarah was a little slow in coming up with the child, but that's a story for another program. But the promise here to him is that he has a future in terms of his progeny, in terms of his lineage, though he doesn't see it. And he's told here he has a future in terms of a place. It's specific. He goes on to say that it is for eternity. I will give it to you and to your seed forever in perpetuity. Now, I don't get it. There are people that claim to be Bible readers and Bible believers, but they argue, well, the Jewish people, that's not their land. They don't have a deed to the property. I don't know what book they're reading. Uh, you know, you don't need a PhD in Bible to understand that it's given to them. And if you look at a program like ours, Our Jewish Roots, we underscore that. We press that point. God gave people a place and it's in perpetuity forever. He goes on to say in verse 16, I will make your seed like the dust. Later on, we'll see like the stars. And he goes on to say in verse 17 then, against the backdrop of this promise, it's not just a word for him, it's a word for me and you. Because sometimes we get waylaid, we get discouraged. After giving the promise, after reiterating the promise, what does he say? Get up, walk about. You know, people get discouraged and they just kind of get slothful, indolent, despairing. Um, but there's that word, get up. In fact, chapter 12 began with that, lech lecha, go, go. Off he went. Hopefully we go with him on the journey. 
as we look to walk by faith and believe God for a great future. Join us right now for additional content that is only available on our social media sites, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Visit our website, levitt.com, for the current and past programs, the television schedule, tour information, and our free monthly newsletter, which is full of insightful articles and news commentary. View it online, or we can ship it directly to your mailbox every month. Also on our website is the online store, there, you can order this week's resource, or you can always give us a call at 1-800-WONDERS. Your donations to Our Jewish Roots help us to support these organizations as they bless Israel. Please remember we depend on tax-deductible donations from viewers like you. We're all on a journey into the unknown. Tomorrow is unknown. We don't know what will come, but we have to have faith that God is leading us. Even uh, Abram and Sarai had faith. They didn't know that they were going to end up in Pharaoh's house and a famine, and, but we just take that next step, don't we? We don't know the future, but we can know the person who holds the key to the future. And I think that's very important. I think what we're going to learn from you, your teaching, and in this whole series is applicable for us in our lives. I think so because some of us are hanging on by a thread. Mm. Life can be so very precarious. We're worried about the next report from the doctor. We're worried about the next uh, uh, plunge in the stock market. We're concerned about those that we love in our webs of relationships. We can fear we're going to get swept away and annihilated. And uh, a lot of people live that way with that inner dialogue internally. It's why it's good to read the Bible. Even back in Genesis, it was kind of a roller coaster. Good times, the faith wasn't always as strong, but again, it's for us it, it, to learn. Right. To your point, it's been like that from Genesis yes. to Revelation, but God has been around between Genesis and Revelation, and He is an ever-present help in time of trouble, and He's a guide as well. We need that faith. And we He brings us do. through, because it's interesting, here's Avram or Abram saying, tell him, tell him you're my sister which he kind of was, but he was even thinking, I don't know what tomorrow holds that they could take my life, even though he had a promise on his life that future generations will come from you. Yeah, it's funny you should alight upon that. If I was a woman, I wouldn't have liked that play personally. <laughs> <laughs> but God works through imperfect people to accomplish his perfect will. And right. he did, and he kept his covenant promise. That's what's important. He keeps that with us too. Yes, indeed. We have so much more to come in this series. Stay with us. We end our program today always saying, just like this, Sha'alu Shalom Yerushalayim. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Come into the homeland he has promised us. Brought us back from exile, how he loves his children. Through his tender mercies, they are new. Give up.